Welcome to Dynamics, a journey of integrating technology into a music classroom. Episode 1, Where I've Been and Where I'm Going. Welcome to the first episode of Dynamics. In this first episode, I thought that I could go over all the different current pieces of technology that I use and then follow up with what I would like to use in the future. Uh, I'll go over how I use each piece of equipment and software. Uh, I may go in depth in future episodes um, on specific pieces of tech that I use. This is more of a broad overview. I want to give myself the freedom to go over that in the future. Just to remind everyone about what I do, I am a music teacher. I teach a 6th through 12th grade music in a rural school, so that means that I do travel between buildings. Most equipment that I use and most software I use is utilized in both buildings. One is a uh, 6-8 building, middle school building, and one is a 9-12 high school building. And I do use the technology in both buildings. Um, but for ease of reference, I'll be talking in broad strokes about both buildings as one, unless there are some kind of special circumstances where I may only use it in one building. Uh, so, to get started, here are things that I currently use uh, in my quest to use technology in my classroom as a still feeling like a beginning teacher. Uh, the obvious things, I use a school computer sometimes. So, my school, up until last year gave every teacher a uh, HP 15-inch laptop, ran Windows 7, and it was fine. There wasn't anything really special about it. it. It was fine for what it was. And then they decided that teachers uh, needed new computers, and to save costs, they gave everybody a HP desktop. Now, I travel, so the laptop was definitely more advantageous if I ever did use a school computer, uh, because now I have two desktops that don't stay in sync very well, even though I have a school account. So that's always fun. Uh, so I use it sometimes if I need to for some reason, uh, and I'll use uh, my own equipment most of the time, and I'll get into that. Uh, I do have a projector in each room, which is nice. Uh, up until last year, they were only VGA, so that limited some things that I could do in the classrooms because of copy protection, uh, HDCP, and all that different stuff that happens whenever you try to play protected content on a computer. Uh, but I did get new projectors last year, which was nice because they have HDMI now, so that makes things a lot easier. Uh, in each room, I do have a sound system or a PA system of some kind. The one at the middle school room is way too advanced for what we normally need. Uh, it has a couple different power amps. It is a 12-channel mixing board, a CDRW recorder. It's a lot of stuff, which is nice, but it's not really helpful or advantageous for everything that we do. At the high school, much simpler. Uh, Four-channel mixer goes right into the wall. That's all I need for day-to-day -day classroom stuff. Uh, there is also a PA system on each stage of the school whenever we do performances, and that is much more useful when it comes to the 12 channels and everything that we need. Uh, the only piece of software I really use, again, besides obvious things like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, um, any of the Google uh, Docs or Google Drive or Google Office type software that I use, uh, is PowerSchool, which is the school's uh, grade book management system uh, that recently got upgraded and is very fun to use <laughs> in different ways. Um, there's also pieces of technology that I have available at the school 
that I don't use because it doesn't make much sense for my own personal situation. Um, one thing is clickers for test taking. So if you don't know what a clicker is, a clicker is a, well, honestly, it looks like uh, something you'd use to buzz in on Jeopardy. And students can take tests using these clickers. A uh, question will show up on the board. Students collect, uh, or rather click, A, B, C, or D. And then all of their scores are tallied, and they get a grade after that. Never really used it. Way too much setup, and I don't even think the software works on our modern operating systems. Uh, they were introduced before I arrived at the school and mostly ran on Windows XP. Uh, so that will tell you something. Um, obviously, my school has Scantron. Don't use that. Uh, Data Director, which is a data analysis uh, program that is provided by our local ISD. Don't use that. School has a couple different COWs. Uh, that's what we call them. COWs stands for Computers on Wheels. Uh, usually it's older laptops. Some are of questionable quality. Uh, some of them are a little bit newer. We have a couple different carts that have Windows 10 convertible uh, laptops that are also tablets. We have a couple that have Chromebooks. It's not really great for me to use, though, for myself, because most of the time teachers will check those out for an entire year. So, for example, my neighbor teacher is an English teacher, and she checks out a cow for the entire year, and then she will use that in her day-to-day classroom lessons, which is great, but there's not a one-to-one program or anything like that in my school, so it's not very easy to plan lessons around something when you don't always have it. Uh, something else that my school used to have access to is Blackboard, which is another type of data analysis piece of software that not really advantageous for what I do. Now, those are the things that my school provides in one way or another, which is fine for most teachers, but I am a lover of technology and I like to try new ways to do things. So one of the things that I always provide is my own computer. Um, I'm a Mac lover. I said that in the episode zero. Uh, I currently have a MacBook Air. I used to have a 13-inch MacBook Pro and it took a dump on me at the beginning of last school year. Had to get a computer quickly, didn't have a whole lot of funds available, so I got a MacBook Air. Uh, which worked when the school had their own set of laptops because we actually had a set of Targus USB um, docks that I utilized for hooking up my Mac to a projector, but that was uh, taken away uh, since it was school property, and they switched over the desktops, and now I use a series of dongles (laughs) to get the job done. Uh, I also have an iPad Pro, uh, the 12.9-inch version. This is the second generation. I use that all the time. I will use it while I play piano for the kids. I will put music on there. I have a uh, Bluetooth foot pedal that I use to change pages. I will use it to uh, project things onto the screen, and I will draw examples with an Apple Pencil, which I also have. In order to project things on the screen, I actually have a third-generation Apple TV in each building. One was a personal one that I had at home that I brought there when I upgraded to the Apple TV 4. Uh, I also got a cheap one on eBay uh, where I had to go get a generic power cable for it, and it works fine. I got about 30 or 40 bucks on eBay, so it was great. Uh, I also have my phone that I use all the time in class for taking notes or for tuning or a metronome or things like that. Uh, For software, a lot of different things. Uh, Microsoft Office, obviously. Word, Excel, PowerPoint. Uh, I don't think we'll be escaping that anytime soon, even with the advent of Google Docs and different collaboration software. Uh, I use a lot of different kinds of notation software. I'm always looking for the right thing. I started off with Notion 
Uh, Notion is by PreSonus. They mostly do um, digital audio workstation software, and they also do some hardware to connect microphones up to your computer. Um, but they also have their own music notation software, Notion, which is very, very cheap, which is great for me when I first started out. So I started using Notion 5, uh, which I was able to get for about $60. They had a very, very deep sale going on it. And it was great for getting started. I used it to arrange some things for my kids for a pet band. I used it to uh, add to parts that may have been missing. Um, and I used it for a lot of different stuff. Eventually, though, it got a little bit too difficult to use, and I started to look at Finale and Sibelius. Now, I started off with Sibelius because they have a great subscription model for $8.25 a month. It works out to be about $99 a year, and that gets me the full version of Sibelius, which is now called Sibelius Ultimate, and that gets me everything I could do. And $8.25 a month is very, very reasonable when for a teacher buy price is $300, and that gets you one year of upgrades and support. And then after that, you're on your own. Where with the subscription model uh, for $8.25 a month, as long as I pay, I always get the newest version. So I've been a subscriber for about two and a half years now, and I do. I like Sibelius a lot. I also have purchased Finale 25. I was able to get that for a deal. They had a April Fool's Day uh, sale, which was great. And I was also able to get it as a cross-grade, since I did own Notion. And they actually let me use the Sibelius subscription uh, code, the uh, the activation code or the license code that you always have with software to uh, activate it. They let me use that, which was really nice. So I was able to get Family 25 for a steal compared to the normal $600 full retail price or even the $300 educator price. I really tried using Finale, and I do have it. I use it once in a while, but I just keep coming back to Sibelius because it looks more like a modern program to me. Uh, Finale 25, which is the current version, looks the exact same as Finale 2012 that I uh, used years ago. Finale uh, 2004 that I was able to use on a high school computer. It just looks the exact same. So I... I don't know. It's great for some people if they never like change, but it doesn't look like a modern program. It looks like it's stuck in Windows 98, and I just don't like the aesthetic of it. And it's hard for me to find stuff sometimes. Where Sibelius has a ribbon interface, it's very easy, it's laid out. I just like Sibelius. Uh, some other software that I use, I do uh, teach a marching band as part of my job. And obviously marching band members need drill to follow on the field when they do their show. Uh, I use a program for the Mac called Drill. It's a $39 program that's available on the Mac App Store. It's also available uh, online. The reason why I use that is it's cheap. Uh, as I said in the first episode, my school is very, very small, and I have a reasonable budget for the size of the school, but not enough to get everything I need every single year. So uh, I decided to purchase Drill myself for $39, and it works fine for what I need. It's great. Are there better programs? Definitely. Uh, Pyware is one, but the opening base price is $429. I, I can't justify that out of my budget or out of my own pocket. There's a lot of bills at home that I could pay with $429. So I use Drill and lets me uh, get the coordinate sheets for the kids. It lets me do everything that I need, and it's great, uh, for $40. One day I may try Pyware. I may move up to it, but for the foreseeable future, Drill is great. 
uh, in the classroom. I actually have a strobe tuner that I don't use a whole heck of a lot. Uh, one, because it's pretty broken and I don't want to spend the money to fix it. And two, the apps that are available for your phones now are just so great that I don't see the need for a large dedicated tuner anymore. Honestly, I don't. The first tuner that I used in my classroom is called Practice Plus. Uh, it's free to download on the App Store. Uh, it's a $4.99 in-app purchase to get all the features. Uh, it is a tuner, it is a recorder, it is a metronome, and I used it for a long, long time. It is a great tuner. Uh, this past year, I started using another tuner called Tonal Energy Tuner, uh, which is also available on the App Store, $3.99. Here is why I love this app. It is fun for the kids to use. So, I have an iPad Pro, I have a phone uh, that I can project to my Apple TV, and I project it on there. And when you use Tonal Energy Tuner, uh, it's a very large full-screen interface, looks great on a projector screen, and uh, there's a smiley face when the kids uh, are in tune. And you can actually adjust how lenient it is, how many cents sharp or flat they are. But when the kids get the smiley faces, you know, it's a competition for them. Let's see how quick we can get the smiley face. Let's see how long we can hold it out and keep the smiley face that shows we're in tune on the screen, especially for the middle school kids. And the longer that they keep it in tune, the bigger the smiley face gets. And if they hold it in tune for a long period of time, the grin gets bigger and bigger and the kids just love it. Uh, So it's a great way to get the kids excited about the most mundane thing, tuning, which is so important. Good intonation and keeping a solid in-tune note is so important. And it just really, really gets the kids invested and interested in the little minute details. One final tuner that I don't use in class, but I recommend to all my kids, is the Bandmate Chromatic Tuner, which is free and it's awesome, especially for beginning students, because you can choose your instrument, and when you play a note, it shows you the position of the note you're currently playing on a staff, depending on what instrument you have, so it's relative, treble clef, bass clef, whatever you're playing, and it shows you how in tune that note is. So it's a great way for beginners to start uh, putting the notes that they're playing and putting that in their ear, and then visualizing it with a note on the screen. Because how many times do you have a beginning trumpet player who plays a G and is convinced that they're playing a C? It happens. They're just not trained yet, uh, orally, for them to hear that. So it's a great app for that. I don't use that in class, but I recommend it for all the kids. A few other apps that I use all the time... Uh, Remind. If you don't know what Remind is, Remind is a messaging service that allows students to sign up for your class. And the reason why Remind is great is because it keeps phone numbers hidden. So it keeps the teachers safe uh, for different reasons. They don't have any kind of weird relationships with the students outside of the normal school day. And it keeps the teacher's phone numbers safe so students can't, you know, prank or do whatever. It's just a nice boundary. But it allows teachers to send messages and reminders out to students, parents, whoever signs up for the remind. So I use that all the time. Use Google Drive. Uh, My school is a Google school. Not officially, but we are a Google school. We are all in on the Google ecosystem. So Google Docs, Google Drive, uh, things like that. Personally, I also use the iWork suite, the Apple Office apps. Uh, I love the way they look. I love the way they work. Um, I use Pages, Numbers, and Keynote for so many different things. I have daily announcements on the screen every day. I always do them in Keynote. It just looks great. Uh, I freeze it on the projector screen, and it just looks great. And I just love how they work. They're so simple. And they're free. They're free if you have a Mac or an iPhone or an iPad, so why not use them? They're just great. A few other apps that I use, uh, especially on my iPad, 
Um, one is Printer Pro. Printer Pro is a six ninety nine app. And what that allows you to do is print to printers that are not AirPrint compatible. Say that five times fast. So if I wanted to print to, say, the Teacher's Lounge copy machine, which I can do, uh, I just need to find the IP address of the printer, and I can put it in there, and it works very well. So I use that all the time. Another app that I use uh, by the same company, they're called Riattle, is PDF Expert, which is an expensive app, $9.99. But as any person who works in a school or any kind of professional environment knows, PDFs are often king. You get so many different kind of PDFs, so many different ways to use them. Uh, the reason why I love PDF Expert is because whenever I need something I need to sign or any kind of paperwork I need to sign, every teacher knows about paperwork, uh, whether it's 504s, IEPs, whatever the case may be. It allows me to look at it, sign it, but anything I need without printing it, it's great. It's a very green app, and if I can keep paper as much as I can out of a music classroom, which is tough with sheet music, any extra paper I can keep out is fantastic. I want to do it. Another app I use once in a while is also, uh, also by Riattle is Scanner Pro, three ninety nine. Uh, I think actually the current operating system of uh, iOS has this as well, so I'm not going to use the app as much anymore. It allows me to scan things. So put pieces of paper on a flat surface, take a photo. It uh, flattens it out, it makes everything look right proportionally, and you get to keep it as a PDF. So it's a great way to get more paper out of my classroom, recycle it, keep it someplace digital, try to keep the room as clean as possible. So those are all the different things that I currently use. Uh, I may go into further detail in the future, and that was kind of a long rambling list, so I apologize about that for my first real episode. Here's a list of things. Now, here's a list of things that I would like to start using, and this is where a lot of this podcast series is going to come in on the different things I want to use, and either I haven't had a chance or I haven't had a good way to implement them. I'm trying to find ways to fix that. Uh, First thing, smart music. If you don't know what smart music is, smart music is a practice assessment system put in place by Make Music, which are the creators of the Finale Notation software. Now, what smart music allows you to do is you can assign different pieces of music to kids. It can be out of a method book or it can be an actual uh, piece of sheet music. So let's say, for example, I want to assign a Frank to Kelly piece to kids, uh, American Elegy, just for example. I can take that piece of music. I can say, I really want trumpets to work on this section, measures 30 to 35. So when trumpets open up, this program, which is available all online, all they need is a Chromebook or the Chrome web browser, which is free to download. Uh, what they will see is their selection of the piece. And it has the sheet music for them, it has the notation on the screen, and they uh, will play the piece of music. And the program will assess how many notes they hit correctly, if they stayed in the right tempo, uh, uh, the intonation of each note that they played, and it also allows them to play and this is the part that I love, with the recording of the actual piece. Oftentimes I have students that have issues because they can't see how their part fits into the bigger picture. So I'm hoping with smart music they will allow uh, themselves to see how they fit into the larger picture for the group. Because it is not about the individuals, it's about the overall sound. Now, to be fair, I've had some co-workers that tell me smart music is fantastic, uh, I say co-workers, I mean colleagues in the field. And I also have had many tell me that it's not worth its salt. I want to find out for myself. Uh, I am 
excited to try to use it. So I really want to get smart music implemented. The reason why I haven't done it yet is trying to get computers from my school district uh, that I can use in my classroom. So students that may not have a computer at home, which is some, some don't have computers at home. They only have smartphones. Uh, Those students could uh, stay after school if they wanted to, come before school, and get the same kind of practicing done. Another piece of software that I want to use a lot, and I can use this in conjunction with Smart Music, is Google Classroom. Now, I said we're a Google school. Some teachers are all in on Google Classroom, and I haven't really felt brave enough to implement it yet. Again, because some of my kids don't have computers at home, they don't have smartphones, and also just because we're not a one-to-one classroom or a one-to-one school. So... I've just been trying to work up the courage to do it, and I've already set up the classrooms. I'm going to do it this year. So I'm going to use Google Classroom this year to uh, send out different kinds of practice assessments, um, also different kinds of worksheets that are advantageous for what we're doing. Uh, I'm going to try it in the high school mostly. I may start it in the middle school a little bit, uh, but I'm going to try to do that. And the goal is to have different uh, playing assessments for these students, and they would just have to take a short video of themselves or a recording and send it back in Google Classroom. That way, I don't have to take up class time or after school uh, having kids come in person to do this. They can just do it at home if they want to. If they want to come and do it in a uh, practice room with one of the computers that I'm hopefully getting, then they'll be able to do that. Um, something else that I would like to try to use more is different uh, recording software to record the kids more. I record them once in a while now, but the sound quality isn't great, and I don't think it's a great representation of how they actually sound. And I want to be able to uh, let them hear recordings of themselves more than just once or twice a year whenever we go to a concert or a festival or something like that. So I want to try to record them more. That's simple. Uh, Another piece of software I want to try to start using is called Band, as in marching band or concert band. B-A-N-D. That is available on the App Store as well. And it reminds me a lot of the Remind app, but it allows you to do more. Uh, When I say more, what it allows you to do is send out photos, videos, audio recordings, um, scheduling, um, appointments, things like that. So I, for example, could put every single marching band practice we have in there on a calendar. Students could download the app, join for free, join my class or my band uh, in the app, and then they could see all the announcements that I have. The reason why I haven't implemented this yet is out of my small group of students, uh, 50 students or less, I know at least three or four do not have smartphones, which is a requirement to use this app. One nice thing about Remind, which I failed to mention, is when I send out a Remind message, it can be sent through the Remind app or over SMS text messaging. So I have a few students that only have a flip phone, and they still get access to the Reminds. Uh, If a student doesn't have a flip phone or a smartphone, parents can sign up and get it. It also can send the messages through email if the students or parents so choose. So there's a lot of different ways to send out messages in Remind, but only a few in Band, which is a big disadvantage for students like mine. Uh, The last piece of software, or rather group of software I want to use, are just different online assessment tools. I went to the Michigan Music Conference this past year, and there was great sessions on how to integrate Google Classroom and different online assessment tools uh, like Kahoot or Doctopus into your assessments. And that's just a goal, is to try to implement that more. So, with all that being said, on that is my goal for the years to try to implement one or several of these different pieces of technology. And this podcast, again, is going to be kind of a chronicle of how that is going. Uh, I also will be uh, 
talking about different pieces of advice that I would try to give any new teacher, especially as, even though this is my eighth year, I still feel like a new teacher every single time. Uh, and I will try to do that in regards to technology and just things in general about uh, teaching. Uh, there will be show notes. Hopefully they work correctly. It's my first time doing show notes. So there will be show notes with links to everything that I have mentioned. Uh, I also want to say that this podcast is being... Uh, put together using Anchor.fm. If you don't know what Anchor is, uh, it's how I'm doing this podcast. Uh, Anchor.fm allows me to put the podcast on there, onto the website, and distribute it to tons of different platforms. So, uh, as of this recording, I am on eight different major podcast platforms, including Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pocketcast, Stitcher, and more. The only one that I'm still waiting to get on ironically, is Apple Podcasts, which has been having a lot of weird issues lately. Uh, whenever I try to log into their Podcast Connect uh, page to actually submit a podcast, it's just down. And I've contacted podcast support for the past several weeks, and they know about it, and nothing's being done. So it's just trying to work through that. So if you listen to this and you're thinking, why can't I get this on Apple Podcasts? It's coming. I swear it's coming. It's just taking a while, and I have no control over that. So, if you listen this long, thank you so much for sticking around for my first episode of Dynamics, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. <laughs>